It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Welcome to the season finale of the Chris Johnston Show. CJ, have you ever thought in your life you'd ever do something that would have a season finale to it? No, definitely not. And this is, and, and I don't say this in the wrong way. It's like the season that doesn't end. I mean, we it's almost what? Were we late September? 2021 was the first episode. So this is a yes. wraparound season. This is, this is, is it episode 91? Yes, it is episode 91. We are nine away from our centennial episode, CJ. It's actually crazy we got that far. I mean, not that I thought, you don't start something and think it's going to fail, but I had no idea if we would get this many episodes in. And it went sort of fast, too. Um, it's funny, we're having, you and me and producer Nick, prior to hitting record on this thing, we're having sort of some trip down memory lane about doing this twice a week all season long. It's pretty crazy it actually happened. Yeah, this is the fastest I've ever gotten to close to a hundred episodes of any type of show or podcast or anything like that. Like we're already almost like, like this is pretty cool for me, honestly. And and I imagine for you as well, that we were able to do this as much as we could get as many good episodes in under our belt. And like, we're going to do a season two in like a month. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and do you know what's funny? And it goes back like five years. It was like probably five years ago. I first spoke with Adam Wilde about the idea of a podcast. Obviously, it took on many forms. It did took a lot of fits and starts. But that that's also for me the, the part of it that makes. I mean, I didn't even you and I didn't even know who each other were back five years ago. So that's that that's just goes to show you, you never know where life's going to take you, man. So it, it's uh. It's fun, but let's keep it going. I hope this isn't our first and last season finale. I hope we've got many to come. I have a question. You said that this is something that you and Adam have been talking about for five years. Was there, could you, do you have any, like, remember, do you remember any early ideas of what the Chris Johnston show could have easily looked like? Like, could, could do you have any remember, memories of that? I remember distinctly, actually. Um, it was one of the first times I appeared on the SDP and they were recording in a studio in Toronto at that point. And, and I went up and did an in-person show with them. And then we, he and I stood outside, like waiting to get in our cars or whatever, probably for half an hour, 45 minutes. And literally it was like raining or like, like spitting rain, but we were just feeling the, feeling the vibe, talking about what it might be. His idea at that time was every show I would do, I basically picked three topics and talk for like 10 or 15 minutes about a topic. We kind of had that idea to do it when we actually started this thing. Remember, we were going to do half-hour shows, and uh, that right. that quickly went by the wayside. Um, but that was like the very first sort of kernel. At that point, it was non-specific. It wasn't like we're going to start this next week, or it wasn't. We never got that close way back then. But it was certainly already, I think, in Adam's mind to do something like the SDP. Probably, I shouldn't speak for him, but I think. You know, he was already thinking of ways to branch out and, you know, we always just got along really well. I mean, that's that's the story of how I got to be with them to begin with or how the show ended up on their network. It's just we always, I always liked those guys. And, you know, I started making more regular appearances on their actual pod and and we just figured it made sense to, to try this. So, yeah, that was that was definitely the first talk. There was a lot of different conversations over the years, um, you know, one attempt to actually launch that got 
push back year that was going to be with you. And, you know, finally we got off the ground in September, 2021. Yeah, that was, man, I still can't, like, I look back, remember what the first logo of the show looked like, like with like the bat, the blue, like back wall or whatever with our heads. Like, yes. I still think, I still think about that weekend a lot where that podcast like started and I was like, holy crap, like we're doing this podcast. <laughs> like everyone knows about it. And everyone was, was, I mean, everyone's still into it, but like, this was, that was as wild of a weekend as I can remember just seeing the reaction online to it. Yeah. And then remember like the second or third episode in, I, I went and worked for TSN and we did like a show about <laughs> switching over to the dark side or whatever you want to call that jumping, jumping networks, which is just something that doesn't happen a lot. It was a, that was a crazy time in my life. Honestly, just everything was switching a few jobs at that point in time. It's funny. I remember too. I don't know. Now that you've opened this like ball to my yeah. brain. By all, by all means. The winter before when we were talking about launching in early 2021, Jesse Blake came over near my place and we went outside and he would like, was taking all these like glamour shots of me in the park. Like, my goodness, I hope those don't exist anywhere because they must look. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at that time he was planning for having to make a logo and all that stuff. Um, and so we did a photo shoot in the, in the snow in the park. Those are nice photos, though. I remember those. Uh, like, I, I figured, like, there was, like, magazine quality shots. I was like, you look you look pretty dope. Well, Jesse knows what he's doing, but I'm not necessarily that comfortable in front of the camera in that way. That's fair. I I remember I had to, like, in this office space I'm in right now, I had to go on this, like, one wall, and I just pose for these random photos that Jesse wanted that like, yeah. I, I now use, like, all the time. Uh, but in the end, you guys ended up using this very old photo of me from when I was at Syracuse as like the logo now for, for our podcast, which is hilarious. That's like maybe, five years old. Maybe we'll get like a new logo for season two. Like, I don't know how that works. I mean, literally, I have nothing. To, I don't know how the sausage is made here. I just I just set up <laughs> and hit, you know, and we talk about hockey, but there's so much that happens to like bring this thing to reality I, that and I don't know how it works. So um yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll get you a little fresh uh, current day Julian photo in the new logo. I have a question for season two. Are we going to get a new background so that way you don't end up on Room Raider again? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, got, I got skewered after that last episode. Here I was thinking, like it's so great. You and I are coming back in August. We're we're rubbing the vacation out of our eyes. We're gonna give the people what they want. Like. I've got so many people coming at me about wearing the sunglasses. I'm going to retire the sunglasses for a little while because a lot of no. a lot of people have comments. A lot of people down here did not like that. I read that's okay. And then Room true. Raider, and then Room Raider comes on and he's like hostage situation. <laughs> and I'm in the exact same background right now. So yeah, maybe I'll up my game. I haven't, I haven't actually thought about it much since, but we don't we don't want to be making headlines for the wrong reasons. No. Uh, for context, uh, Chris Johnston ended up on the famous uh, Rate My Skype Room uh, Twitter account. Uh, the caption reads, a hostage video, cool sunglasses notwithstanding. Besides, we don't rate hair or accessories. Two on ten. I think that's a pretty brutal, that's a pretty brutal rating as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think you deserve two on ten. Well, I mean, I get it. We, I don't have any, like leather bound books in my background or anything, but uh, you know, I, I actually do have some plans to, to make a little nicer setup. So hopefully that'll be ready for the start of season two. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to update this background a little bit myself. I mean, it's pretty nice, but I'm, I'm sure there's some different things I could do for season two as well. The other, um, one other yeah. promise actually is because I've seen oh. some comments on this is that I'm going to figure out the mic situation. Mm. So I'll I can promise you some better quality audio in season two from my end of this. I mean, we see your mic, Julian. You're you're all you're all professional, but I'm I'm still getting there. It's okay. Uh, one other thing we should uh, deal with to wrap up uh, season one. By the way, uh, I should mention this: we got a ton of questions to get through, and I'm thinking this episode is going to be like an elongated. Uh, lengthy Ask CJ episode. It is a Monday, so it's supposed to be Ask CJ anyway. But on the other side of Sports Interaction, I'm thinking we get to some Ask CJ questions a lot longer than we would normally do. Is that okay? Is that cool? I, lo I love it. I can't believe it. I I'm literally like the kid who didn't do his homework. Uh, I was I was in BC for a wedding on the weekend. 
I obviously knew we had to do this. It's like Sunday night. I put out the call for questions. Like, who knows? It's a Sunday night, late August. Are we going to get anything? And man, the people showed up. So thank you for, thank you for doing my work for me while I just had a relaxed weekend and made my way back to Ontario. You saying that uh, you seem like the kid who didn't do his homework very much worries me because the thing I wanted to bring up before we get to sports interaction was that damn middle name from Jeff Carter. Do we have it? Do we not have it? What are we going to do with that? Like, I, I don't, what do we do? I feel do like sometimes you, you don't get everything you want in life, Julian. And some, some mysteries are better left unsolved. And so perhaps at some point in season two, we'll have that answer. But we do not you know what this. Today. You know what this means, right? Like, this is not going to be a season two thing. This is literally going to be for as long as the show runs up until... I hope this show lasts many lifetimes, but like this show is basically just gonna be like, all right, we don't have Jeff Carter's middle name. And it's going to be like season 25 of the Chris Johnston show. We'll have some big deal with Red Bull or whatever. And then it's like, all right, we finally have it. It's yeah, Jeff Carter's going to be like the GM of team Canada, like long into his second career post playing days. We're going to have him on as a guest <laughs> many years down the road. And we're going to have him like hold up his birth certificate or something for us. We're going <laughs> to, it's going to be a grand reveal. It's not going to be in this hostage situation, two out of 10 room Raider, where I just like say the name. That's boring. We need something yeah, that's we need fair. fireworks. We need explosions. We need some excitement, you know? That's fair. Okay. I'm willing to wait if it means we do a fantastic over the top reveal of Jeff Carter's middle name. I just I hope no one like leaks it before that. Well, I mean, people might leak it, but will we, unless we hear it from the man himself. Well, that's true. It's true. I mean, there's we've we've already seen lots of guesses online, and one of them might actually be accurate, but but we don't have it right now. Do you have like a like a strong guess for that middle name? I actually think I know what it is. I'm just not going to say. It. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, there's got to be some mystery in life, man. Like you can't just get every answer you want. I mean, part of part of life is the journey. We're still on a journey with the CJ show to getting Jeff Carter's middle name. I'm just worried about that one person who tweeted at us. Like I'm literally stuck in a hostage situation and I can't I get out until we know about the middle name. Can you at least like, yeah, you and I are having person? someone out there is like actually struggling with this. So maybe I shouldn't be making so many jokes. Okay. That, that's very fair. But like, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know if they're struggling that much with the middle name. It's like it's just the middle name. It's just, it's just, it's just a, it's probably the best running joke that we have for the CJ show. Right. And your middle name is King, isn't it? So, I mean, uh, Kari Alexander. Kari does derive from, uh, it does mean uh, kingly in uh, Swahili. So, yes. I love that. Yes. I, I love my two middle names too. I always thought that people had more than one middle name and it was just common. And then I started asking people about their middle names and I realized I'm actually the different one with two middle names. My best buddy has two middle names. He's the only other one I know for sure. And you and him. Okay. Well, you have one middle name. I'm just one middle name. Edward. Edward. Yeah. My okay. grandfather, named after my grandfather. Ah, uh, okay. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, Did when I ever we get tell a you a story about that? Or I mean. No, no. You please tell the story. I would love to. I mean, it's, it's only funny if you know me, if you know my stature, but my well, grandfather. My grandfather, Edward, uh, played in the CFL. He was a very big man, my, my mom's father. And when I was born, I guess I had like abnormally large feet for a baby. So they're like, oh, maybe he's going to take after, you know, the, the hickey side of the family and, uh, you know, grow to be tall. And so they, they give me his middle name and here I am at five foot seven. So <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that side of the family's height. I'm, I'm like literally the same height as my dad. Like I'm just exactly as you would expect if you saw my parents. So. Oh, that's so I had funny. these hopes that I might grow tall, Julian, and it didn't happen. <laughs> well, now you're you're a verified short king. And uh there's nothing wrong this with is being a short, a short king, king podcast. Short king, short kings need love too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, we're gonna get to a quick segment for um uh you know what we normally do with uh, sports interaction. Uh, David Bastel not with us, but uh, that's not going to stop us uh, from doing. Uh, you can bet that uh, if you are playing with sports interaction, as always, uh, for those 19 and over, play responsibly, and there will be a link to responsible gaming strategies in the description of the show. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. For uh, the rest of the show, CJ, let's get to these questions from uh, the fans on Twitter, on Discord as well. Thank you to everyone who sent in a question, by the way. There are so many of them. We could legit, we're legitimately going to do the rest of this episode answering as many of these as we can. There's a lot of them to go through. I love it. I just wish that Sports Interaction had given us odds on how many hot dogs I'm going to eat on Tuesday at the Blue Jays game for dollar hot dog night. Oh, yes, it is dollar hot dog night on Tuesday. Um, who are they playing on Tuesday? The Chicago Cubs and Marcus oh. Stroman is dealing for the Cubs. So I'm pretty pumped to see him back in Toronto. Oh, man, that's actually going to be a really good game. We still need to take in a Jays game together. I think we would have a really good time at a Jays game together. We haven't done Absolutely. that yet. No, this is this is my third game of the season. So I haven't been as much this year as... I normally do, but um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely like take the over on CJ hot dog consumption. If, if sports interaction comes out with some odds on that. Okay. Uh, should we set it at three and a half? Oh, that's low. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. They're not that, they're not that big. The hot dogs, to be fair. They're okay, more like so... the ones you had as like a little kid at your buddy's birthday party or something like they're They're not like, they're not. Yeah. Okay. So like six. I don't know that I can go over six, but that's that's probably fair. Somewhere four and a half, five and a half is probably the right line. Um, anyway, I'll update you to start season two if I, you know. Can't, I can't wait to get that photo of you eating a hot dog at at the Sky Dome whenever that comes to pass. Do you remember the pandemic when the SDP guys did a hot dog eating contest live on the internet? Like a little bit. I, I remember that. I look back on that the other day. Like, I know, I don't know what possesses someone to, to do. How does that work on the internet? Like, so I feel like you be- is what I mean. They just, but they just, they live stream themselves doing a hot dog eating contest, like, because we were so starved for content. But they weren't in the same room when they did it. I feel no, like they reach at home. They just did a Zoom, basically. That's hilarious. Like, I, I, I feel like you would get a total. You get a much better experience if you're in the same room. Like when Andrew and I did the the hot ones thing, we were in the same room and we were chowing down on 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 chicken wings with uh, hot sauce. Like you got to be in the room to do it. Right. Would you do it? Uh, Would you do hot ones? No. Come on. Honestly, everything, everything would come out of my face. Like I just would be crying and would need a napkin. <laughs> it would not be pretty. I, but I would do I would do a hot dog, some version of that hot dog eating contest. Okay. All right. So maybe we'll figure something out in season two or some future season where we all get together and we chow down on hot dogs. That might be a good idea. Or pizza. Those are the two things I would like to competitively eat. Pizza, pizza. 
that's a pretty good sponsorship opportunity right there. <laughs> All right, let's get to these questions. Uh, from Red Slew Ninja on Twitter. When Patrick Kane joins the Leafs, what do the forward lines look like? Is Patrick Kane joining the Toronto Maple Leafs? Where did this come from? I don't know. This this is the perfect August hockey story. Um, and I, I won't share who it was, but someone in, in the insiders group chat <laughs> who's like obviously, you know, somewhere at a cottage in parts unknown, put in the group chat the other day. He's like, hey, I just was going golfing. And the starter at my course was asking about these Patrick Kane and the Leafs rumors. Like, what's what's happening? And uh, I think that, you know, I guess I understand where it comes from, but I don't, I don't really understand how anyone thinks that's going to work in a salary cap world. I mean, we're talking about the Leafs signing all these free agents for $1 million, you know, bargain guys to fill out their roster. And Patrick Kane carries a $10.5 million cap it. You know, even if there's some world where Chicago was eating half of that, I, I just, I don't really see how that trade works or makes sense. I understand Chicago is absolutely gunning for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, not trying to win a lot of games this season. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves both are in the final year, entering the final year of their contracts. You know, maybe there's a world down the road where you try to unite Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane, probably the, the two best American players ever, arguably. Um, but I, I just don't see it as something that's going to happen prior to this season. If it does, I'll put my hand up and say wasn't doing my job, but I, I, I don't I don't really think this is a thing. Uh, I'm sure again, blue skying it. We're in the summer. We don't we don't play by the rules yet at this point in time. I can see why people think there could be a fit there, but you can't build. It's hard to build all star teams in the NHL. It really is. And you know we saw even Colorado after winning their cup and they have you know some of their best players on pretty team friendly deals. They're, they're losing a Nazem Kadri after the season, you know, they, they weren't able to retain everyone. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately part of how it works. And so I, I don't see at least at this point in time that, that being a real good fit. I hear the sound of the balloon deflating all across the, uh, the GTA area. Just a lot of hopes dashed after what you just said. Well, yeah. And that's the thing, but I, I again, like there's just the numbers are the numbers, right? It's, it's not even about, could he help? Or, like We can't even get into the real discussion. Like, should they even do this? Which I think there's probably an interesting discussion there. And, and it would hard. It would be hard to conclude no, given how how good Patrick Kane remains. And I think how kind of cool it would be to see those guys play together. But to just, you can't get past, like, the, basically, we, we, don't, we can't even get in the front door of this discussion because I just don't see how it makes sense with, with the summer the Leafs have had where they've allocated their cap dollars. I, I just don't believe they could even have much of a conversation about that all right there goes that so let's go to this next one from uh j613 sports what's going on with the dallas stars and jason robertson and jake ottinger no one seems to be talking much but there has to be some level of concern i believe both of them are restricted free agents uh and there seems to be some issues with their contract discussions they are i mean look there's still a number of restricted free agents unsigned around the league i think what you have there is two of the absolute best of those players that, that remain unsigned. But I, I would caution you about saying there's, there's concern. I mean, look, at, I guess in a perfect world, you want everybody signed. But the reality is that the, the, there's a couple pressure points that are still a ways in the distance. You know, training camps in NHL cities don't open until September 21st. or the, That's the medical day where, where players report. You know, you're not looking at the first preseason game still around September 24th. I think puck drops October 11th or 12th, at least for the Around teams that. not going to Europe. So, you know, those become the real crucial dates in, in, in those kind of negotiations. And I think we're just, it's just too far off to say whether they'll get done. But usually it takes, you know, if there's 15 of those players right now, we're going to see 10 of them sign ballpark by around the start of training camp in the days leading up. Because, you know, players, I think all things being equal, don't want to miss training camp. Um, you know, it's pretty important to getting ready for the season. Usually a couple go into camp because that puts a little more pressure and maybe there's some movement in talks. The odd player has missed, you know, some time at the start of the season, but that's still a ways off. So I, I think that it, it's, there's no question how valuable those, those players are. I think Robertson in particular, you've seen him do it now a couple seasons. I know Ottinger had a playoff series for the ages uh, against Calgary um, you know, in the springtime and, and, you know, is well regarded by the organization, you know, my, my 
feel of that as both will get done, but it's, you know, there's a process there. And I think it's hard for people who haven't been part of those negotiations sometimes to understand. You're like, why not just sign? Well, right now there's no pressure for either side to move, right? If if you're a player and you've established your ask at a certain spot, why would you, you know, it's it's not even the end of August yet. Uh, There's there's no kind of heat in negotiations, but the closer you get to the 21st and and the possibility you're not going to be there to start training camp, I think that 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 tends to to get these things toward a conclusion. For Canadians fans listening, I I feel as if that your answer could also apply to Kirby Doc, who as of right now uh, is still an RFA and does not have a new contract. Sure, Rasmus Sandin in Toronto, same thing. I mean, there's each each negotiation has its own dynamics. Um, you know, someone like Robertson again, he's he's got the most proven career as of this date. He just put up the best numbers of of those players, and so it's you know that that could be a little trickier because I think ultimately there's there's a there's a world where they're signing him to a six or seven or eight year deal at pretty good money, or if it goes shorter, you know, obviously the the dollars will come down a bit. But um, yeah, I mean it. it it's it happens every single season. Uh, you know, we've talked to a pastor knack in, in the last segment, like he, he missed a day of training camp at one point. You know, the most famous, of course, is William Nylander went all the way to December 1st, which is the deadline to sign players for that season. So they, they flirted potentially with him missing an entire year. Uh, but but if you look across time, most all RFAs get done before the first game of the regular season. I mean, Goodrow, you know, back in the day in Calgary had a similar thing. I mean, the the, the problem, actually, if you want to get into the nuts and bolts, Julian, is yes, that please. the second, when, when your player's going on to his second contract in the NHL, he just has no rights. There's nothing he can do. He can't elect for salary arbitration, which, you know, that brings a third party in to basically decide what the contract is. Uh, all he can do is sign in an offer sheet or not come to training camp or not play games like, like restrict his services. And, and there's no other mechanisms for the player to get a deal done. And the teams then have more leverage and the teams tend to use that leverage to try to squeeze the, the money down as low as possible. Now, the, the great thing is, is by the time you get to the third contract, there's arbitration or potentially your free agent, if it's a long second contract, and then ultimately you get to unrestricted free agency where you can go sign with anybody. So over the course of a player's career, he gets more power to, to have like have the hammer in negotiations, but in, in on the second contract, by and large, unless we're talking about Connor McDavid doing his second deal or Austin Matthews, what have you, you know, it's the team that has the hammer and they'd like to use it. What's funny, actually, uh, you had mentioned Rasmus Sandin's name. The next question I was going to ask you, uh, straight up from MW Bauer on Discord, will Rasmus Sandin get signed before the start of training camp? Uh, do you want to still tackle that one? Sure. Cause I can, I don't have to give the preamble I just gave. I, I think no. I'm not certain he will sign before training camp. I think what's interesting, there's, there's two things that stand out about this negotiation. First of all, Rasmus Sandin has played 80 odd NHL games. You know, he, he's still not a proven commodity in the NHL. A lot of that isn't his fault. It's like, there's like pandemics and injuries. And, you know, if, if we had a, seen his first three years as a pro in North America be what we call normal, he's probably played more. He's probably more established, but it's just the way circumstances have played out kind of in the world. We've had a shortened season and all that. Um, you know, he has a, a same defenseman on the same team who's already signed a $1.4 million extension in Timothy Lilligren, and they have similar numbers. And then the third one is, is more interpersonal, but, you know, Rasmus Sandin's agent is the same agent that represented William Melander. And Kyle Dubas was a GM during those talks. And so these sides have been through this, albeit, again, Nylander was a different kind of negotiation. He ended up signing for pretty big money. I think Sandine's next contract will be more modest just because of where he's at. But the same people are going down the same road with discussions. And so, you know, each will have in their mind what, what was happening back then at a certain point. And so I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, you know, Sandine has a lot of belief in himself, uh, as I think he should. He's shown a lot in his career, but he's, he's still got to take the next step at the NHL. And, you know, he he wants a certain number in his mind. And so I, I'm not certain how that will be resolved, but I, I would say it's at least possible he's missing the start of camp because I, I think that both sides have an understanding about where this goes. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll get a better sense here. But, you know, look, the, the – the other thing that happens is, you know, a lot of players are starting to fly over to their, their cities now and like doing the doing the informal skates with teammates. I mean, I wouldn't think you'll see Rasmus Sandin in Toronto, you know, until there's a contract done. And so 
and we'll just just see how it goes. But I, I'm not certain he'll be there for day one of camp. That that much, you know, because in a city like Toronto or Montreal, a player doesn't show up for day one of camp. It's a major story, right? And, yeah. and so, you know, the teams would like to avoid that. The, the teams would like to have you talking about all the good things that are coming or the new players on the team and all that. But that would be a dominant storyline uh, if he wasn't there. And so I think the agents understand that. And, and so that's that's part of the dance that's that's being uh, orchestrated right now, I, I would think, with you know, probably the doc situation and also Sandine and, and uh, you know, right now, no one's really talking about it at all. Right. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about, but in, in these next two to three weeks, it's going to, the discussion around it will ramp up. And I think the negotiations will as well. Okay. So we got some hockey questions to start. I, I got a food question for you from uh, Alex bent nine thoughts on pineapples on burgers. Ooh, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it because I've never tried it. But yeah. I, I would try that though. If you if you paired it with some sort of chipotle, something a little bit spicy, maybe I think that you could find a good mix there. But I, I've never, I've never had a pineapple on a burger. I used to think pineapple on pizza was gross, and I've come to kind of like it. I don't have it a lot, but I I would eat it. Um, but yeah, I I actually just really like pineapple. So any, anywhere that it might fit, I'm I'm looking for a reason to to, to eat it. Okay, all right. I'll I'll keep that in mind that uh, you like pineapple and I still think pineapple on pizza is stupid, but you know what? <sighs> I'm not a purist. I guess Honestly, I think it's stupid. You know, one day you'll be enlightened, my friend. You'll just you'll see the light. Maybe you'll be hung over and there'll only be pineapple pizza and you'll be like, "Oh, I got to eat this thing." And then you're going to be, be like, like a good slice. Oh man. It's good. I'm telling you, you'll find you'll find your way around to this this side of the tracks eventually. All right. Whenever that happens, uh, this next one from Daffy underscore prod. What is your favorite barbecue meat? A uh, beef steak, a rack of pork ribs, a marinated chicken skewer or something else? I'm I'm a traditionalist. I, I would say beef steak. I don't I don't have it a lot. You know, try to be mindful of the red meat consumption. But if, if you're saying like we're going to have a nice barbecue, we're planning for it. I, I would want steak cooked for me, especially if someone knows what they're doing with the grill, because I. I like mine a little bit more on the rare side, so medium rare, rare, but that's uh, that, that that's a dream to me. Okay, actually, let me add to this. You're hosting an SDPN barbecue, so like Steve, Adam, Jesse, me, Alan, everyone from the SDPN, maybe a few fans come over at some space you got in backyard, all that. What are you making? Well, I don't have all those things, but I know that just say alternate universe. Yes. I don't even have a barbecue at this point, but uh, if we're, if we're doing an alternate universe, I'm probably making burgers from being honest. Um, I think a burger is classic. It's easy to make if you, especially if you have a lot of people, it's sort of easier to manage the grill with something like a burger. So maybe a burger, I'll, I'll have some greens there. So be a little salad on the side, maybe some beers in a cooler. Um, but that's I, I would probably play it straight down the middle. Okay, I like that. I, I think that's pretty. So nothing too extravagant. I'm okay with that. I mean, like if Adam was hosting it, I bet there would just be like chefs and the whole bit. But I mean, some of us, some of us are a little less fancy, you know. That's really true. I'm from Coburg, even... man. Like I'm, I'm a dick. <laughs> we might even get a Marilyn Dennis appearance at an Adam Wild barbecue for no reason. It'd be like a photo booth there, probably. Yo, there definitely would. I think Adam Wilde, if anyone, would have like the most fancy barbecue. Like it would be like we would have all these different meats and dishes we've never heard of. Yes. Yes. I, I'm confident of that. He might even have pineapple for his burgers. Yes, he would definitely do that. He would just try to put he would try to put everyone on on, on this like random sauce on this pineapple. Anyway, so uh, Adam, uh, 2023 or whenever you want. Uh, barbecue at your chalet. I love. We should do like an event. Anyway, we should okay. do another event. Yes, we, we absolutely should. Be like a weekend retreat. I like that idea. We all get together at some chalet somewhere, and we all just like. I like that idea. Do you know what our actually, podcast? Our podcast is really good at just spitballing ideas and being like, "Hey, somebody else over there, you take care of this. We're just, do this. We're, we're just the ideas guys. We'll show up. You plan this awesome party, and I'll be there." I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. And Adam, if you listen to this podcast, uh, please enact this idea. Do this next. You have all until next summer. 
to plan the SDPN barbecue of our lifetimes. I would love that idea. And Adam, uh, Adam wouldn't get this far in. We're probably over half an hour in, so he's probably turned this off. <laughs> we couldn't end season one without a 30-minute joke. Uh, let's do this next question from Samuel Fleming. Uh, I know that the new head of the NHLPA will be focused primarily on labor issues, but am I wrong that that person should also internally be pushing for more player advertisements and just general advertising in the United States? I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, certainly not. I mean, look, the the job of the person running the NHLPA is to, to have the best work conditions for players possible. And, and some of that is financial. So if it's those sort of opportunities that can make the money, that that's under the purview, you know, a lot of it is organizing, you know, helping. It's not just that one individual's job, but when they're organizing, for example, the world cup of hockey, which is back on the agenda for February, 2024, it's making sure the players are properly looked after there. And then ultimately the CBA is probably the most high profile and, and obvious place that the, the head of the IHLPA has some influence. And, you know, we're, we're hopefully not going to turn into labor issues, CJ show at some point, but you know, 2025 or 2026, there and abouts, there's going to be a new deal to be done. And so that will be an important part of the job for whoever succeeds Donald Fear is just, you know, not just negotiating that deal, but even these next couple of years, you know, going out, meeting the players, understanding what issues are important to them and, and you know, sort of greasing the, the wheels towards trying to get a, a more favorable contract for them uh, the next time around. This next one from uh, Jason Isler. Why do contracts against the cap need to be AAV? If a team wants to sign a 30-year-old to a $49 million contract, why can't they front load higher salaries in the early years and have a smaller cap hit in the later years as the player ages? I think the idea would be to try to get around monkey business, we'll call it. In that, if you're a team that's, say, capped out, if you're a team like Tampa or Toronto or Colorado, you know, the teams that are really trying to win, theoretically, maybe you could assign a player in free agency who has a $1 million cap hit next season, which you can fit under your under the hood of your car, uh, but it's $10 million the next season and, and you're just planning to trade that player by then. I think it's it's to try to keep the league competitive and fair. And so if you average the annual value, AAV, um, you know, really you're capturing what that player's, you know, whole cap hit should be. And so I think it's, it's just a, it's just basically closing what we might call a loophole, a potential loophole in the system. Um, and keep in mind, we, we, we've seen different things play out with this. I mean, at the, the very first, the 0405 CBA um, was the one that introduced salary caps. Then we saw all these players signing 12 year deals with like three years at the end down to 1 million to lower the AAV. And the league didn't like that, right? And so that's how you ended up with term limits of seven years for, for other players and eight years for your own. Uh, it just made it harder to tack on kind of fake years at the end. And there's a number of players that had that, right? That, that, that didn't get to the end of those contracts, but you know, played their career with lower cap hit than they probably should have. And so, you know, again, it's if you're not if you're not cheating or, or stretching the rules, you're not trying. I think that that's that's fair. But this is one way to prevent basically stuff that shouldn't be happening and, and, you know, making it so teams can't really build a super team. I think that, you know, ultimately the league likes this, the salary cap because it guarantees player salaries never go as a whole more than 50% of revenues. So at, at, at best owners and players are absolutely splitting what the league makes, but you know, they also are trying to search for some competitive balance. I don't know if it actually works. I mean, if you look back at the last 10 or 12 years, you've got the same grouping of teams more or less playing for the Stanley cup every year. Um, like it's, it's a pretty small number of teams. It's not like the NHL produces a random champion every year, but I think if, if the league as much as they could control it, if, if they could, I think they'd like to see random, they'd like to see every team feel like they can win every couple of years and have random champions because it keeps more fan bases engaged. But the truth is, is that the best players, you know, if you, if you get Kale McCarr, a lot of good things are going to happen for your team. And then if you manage to get, say, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and you happen to sign Nathan McKinnon below market value, well, that's that gives you significant advantage in a cap world because he's producing like a $12 million player, but he's getting paid $6 million or what have you. So, um, you know, the league tries to do whatever it can to have parity. Parity doesn't exist, might never exist, but that's that's the short answer, the long answer about why it's done that way. It's to try to to try to make it so that uh, you can't find your way around the rules. 
Very good explanation. Uh, next one from Vista Radio Casey. How realistic is the talk about Jacob Chikrin being traded to Ottawa? Well, they've had some talks. So that that that's it's it's at least possible because I think that there's a potential fit there. You know, the issue with Chikrin is, you know, he wanted a trade out of Arizona. You know, the team obviously explored those possibilities last year during the season, didn't get any offers that they like. Now we're almost at the end of the next offseason, and he's still a member of the Coyotes. And, you know, the message here is pretty clear. He's young, relatively cost-controlled player, and the team that drafted him and signed him to that contract isn't just going to give him away. And so I think that that's, that's been a barrier that the Coyotes are willing to keep him. Um, you know, I think still think he'd probably, all things being equal, like a, a fresh start, wants to be somewhere where the team is is trying to, to be on the upswing. And, and obviously Arizona, I still think, is a few years away from being in that position. They've stockpiled a crazy number of draft picks. Uh, they're they're going to have a lot of prospects, but, you know, they're, they're not really at a point in time where we expect them to be competitive. So I, th- I think it's it's definitely possible. Ottawa, you know, has been in the market for a defenseman. Um, but may, maybe because the team that's trading Chikrin isn't just going to take, you know, 50 cents on the dollar or what they view to be 50 cents on the dollar that might ultimately keep that, that kind of trade from happening. This next one from Taylor Choma. Did CJ watch a movie this summer? Yeah, I, I well, cause I told you I was away this weekend. I watched a couple movies on the flight. Oh, uh, which ones? I, so I'm almost embarrassed to say, cause they were, they, they might be two of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. But I just was in the in the mood for some like bad comedy, and so I watched a movie called The House. Do you know that, that one with Will Ferrell, um, Amy oh, that, oh wait, that's uh that's from like a few years ago at least. Like, how long ago was that? Okay, I didn't say it's a new release. It was on the flight. I don't know. It, but oh, it was, okay, I'm not saying it's a new release. It's not a new release. I'm just saying it's like it's they open like they open an underground back. casino to help pay for their daughter. To yes, and it it was stupid, but it was. I was laughing. I was laughing like out loud on a plane, like a moron. And then I watched a hundred ways to die in the West. I've heard of that one. I haven't watched those two. With Seth MacFarlane. Also pretty dumb, but it was, it was the speed. So this is the one thing. If I do watch movies, it tends to be on planes and I tend to watch like a movie I would never normally spend my time on, but I'm like, well, I'm just a captive audience sitting here flying. Anyway, I might as well watch this very non-serious, non-critical thinking movie. So those are those are two movies I, I watched uh, in the last week or so. If you like movies uh, and you like that game that we played the uh, couple episodes back where we tried to get CJ to guess the descriptions of movies, you may want to stay tuned uh, for the, at least the final part of this episode of the CJ Uh-oh. show. Um, let's get to another one from uh, semi biased. Oh, before we move on, is there like a new movie I should be watching? Like, is there something good right now? Have you seen something? Like, what's uh, honestly the the last i didn't really it was not a movie but i watched the uh the untold uh you know the untold documentary series on netflix no so they put out a doc do you remember manti teo yes they netflix produced a documentary on uh the mind the manti teo situation from a decade ago uh with the fake girlfriend yeah yeah, I, I watched that. Uh, I actually watched it twice. I watched it earlier this week, and I watched it with my parents uh, over the weekend. Uh, okay. Worth the watch. So uh, that's that. That's not really a movie, but I mean, it's a documentary. But still, you know, nice, decent length, two parts. You could go through it in an hour, two hours. Pretty good. Right. I just love that I finally watched a movie, and you're like, oh, that's not new. And I was like, okay, at least it's a movie. Oh, I didn't mean it. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean for it to come. I was like, oh, you didn't watch a new movie. But I was I was, I was, just trying to remember like when that movie came out. Just the fact that you watched the movie is just impressive on its own because you don't watch movies. No, but I, was, I had like a longer flight and I'm like Air Canada. And I'm like, comedy. Oh, Will Ferrell's funny. Boop. There I go. You still have to watch Top Gun. I will. I'm, I actually want to watch Top Gun. I just haven't made the time yet. Yeah, watch Top Gun. The Look, new I'm not Top resistant Gun. to that. I, I literally, no. I mean, I was a little young when it originally came out, but I saw it as a kid a few years after it came out and, and thought it was cool because, you know, and so like I'm, I'm, I remember the basics of the plot. So I, I'd like to, I'd actually like to see the, the follow up. I think you'll definitely like the new one. Then, By the way, our podcast is not, uh, does not have any deal with Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> just want to make that clear. We're, we don't, we don't have any promo thing with it. We just, this is just, not an endorsement. 
No, it is not. Uh, from semi-biased Caps fan on Discord, rank the four divisions from weakest to strongest based on last year and projections for this year. So he's, I think they're asking for two separate lists. We could make it simple. It just You could just give us now, like looking at the divisions as they are now. You could just make it simple. Just give one list for this. Oh. So just rank them from weakest to strongest. Man, this is like this. Remember, I told you I'm like the kid who didn't study for the test. Now I'm like, oh man, what happened? This to is Salt the hard Kings? question. Well, I'm inclined to say Atlantic the strongest, um, because I think that the weakest teams in that division have all done things to be better, and I think that the good teams are in that division shouldn't have that much of a fall off. So I, I think that that probably will end up with the fewest really weak teams. Um. I mean, Montreal is probably the only team that isn't trying to win, but even like they had an off season, like they're, they're not, they're not out and out tanking like some other teams in the league. So like, that's why I feel Atlantic's probably the strongest. Can I make two? Cause I will say Metro might be the second strongest. Okay. But I don't know. Is that crazy to put both from the Eastern conference? One, two. No, I think, cause I mean, if you think about the Western conference in terms of legitimate powers, I don't want to upset people, but I mean, it's Colorado and then everyone else. Right. And then I'm inclined to go central Pacific. I think Pacific still, I mean, Pacific was definitely the weakest division last year in my eyes. And, you know, we see Edmonton and Calgary still in, in an arms race. You know, I think Vegas will probably have a bounce back season. Um, I guess Vancouver's better. Oh, I don't feel I don't feel that confident, but I'm going to I'm going to say Atlantic Metro Central Pacific. We can revisit this but I should uh, actually, season two. It's a good question. And I should actually sit down and really think about it. I'm, I'm literally going off the seat of my pants right now. So I, there's no one around here. I can't copy off any other tests right now nearby. So if, if I've offended one of your favorite teams, I'm sorry. We're getting a lot of insight as to how you were as a student, CJ. I was actually a pretty good student, if I'm being honest. I believe that. I don't think you're this kid cheating on people's tests and stuff. That's not you. No, but I, what I am being honest about is that as we record this on August 29th, I haven't spent as much time thinking about hockey as I normally would before doing an episode. Well, in all fairness, no, I haven't either. And not if, if, if I would be surprised if you were, to be honest. It's, it's, we're the dead of August. Yes. And it's, man, the summer went so fast, man. I know it's yeah. every year, but come on. I feel bad for you kids out there that are going back to school because I just remember that feeling. I, and again, I liked school, but like there's just that sort of dread that starts to set in at the end of the summer, start of September. You're like, oh, all this free time gone. Now I just got to, you know, other than getting some back to school supplies, which was kind of fun. Ah, ah, <laughs> oh, God, no, oh, don't, don't bring me back to those days. Ah, school. Every once school in a while, I, I have like a crazy dream or nightmare, whatever you would call it about like, a school related situation. And it's been a long time since I went to school. If it like, it'll be like, I didn't like finish this assignment or whatever. Like, and I'll have like this really weird nightmare. And it, it's just actually kind of, it's wild to me that, you know, it's almost half my life ago since I was last enrolled in school. And I still like, that's still somewhere deep inside you. So it just shows you like the fear that school puts in you at a young age. It just stays with you. I, I have those dreams every now and again. And I've last, I was last in school like five years ago. It's, right. it's horrifying. Like, it's just like, Oh no, I didn't finish this assignment. I can't graduate. I'm stuck in school forever. And then you wake up and it's four 30 and you can't sleep. <laughs> it's weird that we both have that same sort of versions of the same nightmares. I don't know what that says about us, man. I have no idea. Do we have any um, sleep an analysts out there, dream analysts. Well, let us know what that means. <laughs> Please do. Also, uh, if you do genuinely decide to tweet at us, I would love to talk to you about sleep paralysis, which is the scariest thing you could ever endure in your life. I don't even want to know what that is. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, from Insider J Money, uh, ask CJ, what can we expect to see from Nashville CJ for next year's draft? I think I need to get like a jean shirt. <laughs> and, and and a cowboy hat. I feel like I've never owned a cowboy hat, but I feel like I need to go themed that way. And, and but no sunglasses because the people have spoken and the sunglasses look us out. So it's a, it's a vocal minority of people about the sunglasses. I don't know. There was like a lot of people. It wasn't just like one angry person. 
Okay. All right. Well, people okay. think I look pretentious with them. I was like, oh man, that's pretentious. The last I don't know about that. I'm like, it's the last thing I'm going for. I'm just trying to like have fun with the whole thing. It's summer. Um, but yeah, probably a cowboy hat makes sense. I'm excited for Nashville. Was that announced since our last show? Yeah, that, I believe I saw that tweeted. I mean, I'm I'm lurking on Twitter. I'm not tweeting, but like yeah. I think I saw someone say that. Yeah, I think, but it was it was became official that they're having both the awards and the draft there. I think that's that'll be yes a fun week. It is it's a fun place. I know some people get tired of hearing all the media say how great Nashville is, but it, like you go there, it's like you go there and relax. So it's like kind of neat to combine a, a serious work event with with the relaxed atmosphere. I think it creates an interesting dynamic. It's funny. I think I told you this before, but I wasn't at the 2003 draft in Nashville. I was not at the stage of my career working yet, but I've heard secondhand from many people that that, first of all, it might be the greatest draft of all time. I know the 2015 is going to be in the mix and we'll see what the future holds, but it's certainly in the top draft classes ever indisputably. So you couldn't make a bad pick basically. Like you're getting like Shea Weber in the second round and stuff like that. Bergeron in the second round that year too, I think. Yes, um, plus like numerous hall of famers in the, in the first round, but apparently like the whole NHL let loose that week. And so we'll probably have some version of that. Uh, maybe we'll have a live SDPN show there. We'll see. Okay. Again, we organize, we, we, we throw the ideas for the parties and we leave it to other people to take care of. I got to find a way down to Nashville. I, I, I got to cover an HL draft this year in my, my hometown. Got to find a way to get out to Nashville next year. Okay. All right. Gonna happen, bud. Let's do it. Um, this next one from Frozen Flames 526. I like this question. Between the Ottawa Senators and the Calgary Flames, which teams do CJ and Julian think have had the better off seasons in terms of trades, re-signings, and UFA acquisitions? I think Calgary had the better offseason, if only because they were faced with the most dire circumstances. I think you can't remove yourself from the fact that two, not one, but two franchise kind of legendary players or potential legends in the, in the case of Kachuk, had he played there more years, I think, you know, he'd be in that conversation, both indicated a willingness kind of to leave uh, at the same offseason. After you had a really great regular season last year, both those players had tremendous seasons. I, I know it didn't go well in, in the second round against Edmonton, but it, you know, there, there, it was after a promising season, everything, it looked like it was falling apart. And so I think that to salvage it, to reposition the team the way Bradtree Living did, that gives them the edge over Ottawa. That being said, hard not hard not to like what the Senators did. I mean, to see them out there making big trades, impactful signings, um, you know, do, doing more to speed up their own process because it's been a long time of kind of like, all right, these kids are here, let's 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 do some winning. I think I think that was a real culture shifter in their organization. The, the offseason they've had, but I give Calgary the edge because that was a that was a tough hand to be dealt. And and I think you know Brad Tree Living did a, a great job of pulling that one out of the fire. Yeah, because he he could have easily just packed up his things and gone home and just said, okay, well we're just going to close up shop and and offload pieces. But the fact that he has Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri, there are people who think this team is better than the one from last year, which is pretty amazing for me to hear. But so I understand why you give them that edge, but Ottawa looks like a playoff team now. They're, they're at no worse than borderline playoff team in my eyes. Right. But just the division, I, you know, we, we, ta- we tackled that in the previous question. I, I just don't know who they're knocking out. I'm not saying they won't, but for me, when we're doing, when, when we just got the rosters on paper, I just, it's hard for me to imagine that, that they're making a 30 point improvement or whatever they would need to do. But they're going to be, I would think, much better. Uh, they're, they're more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I get the expectations. I just worry about their blue line. And so maybe that's where if, if they can bring in someone impactful back there, there's still time. I mean, maybe it, it looks a little better, but um, I, they just have so much ground to make up. I, I don't see them probably making the playoffs this year. Um, whereas, I, you know, Calgary, I think, is worth – some talk about could they be a cup team you know are they going to be a little bit better just like different elements than what they had you know Kadri's a center right that they, they lost two wingers but they added a center make some deeper down the middle I, I i i to me if you say the calgary flames won the stanley cup in 2023 like that I, I wouldn't say that's surprising i'm not saying they're the favorites but it's that's not even a stretch for my mind to think that they're in that kind of conversation so i mean what an off season when if we did this on July 13th, we'd be like, ooh, 
that it got it got late pretty early in Calgary, didn't it? it so, did. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's sort of how I, I made my ranking. Um, who has who in your mind has a better chance at winning the cup this year, the Calgary Flames or the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because a lot of people will still say, oh, the Leafs might have the best odds in Canada, but I think Calgary does. I probably go with Calgary because, uh, and, and I know Jacob Markstrom had a tough playoffs, but I, I like the goaltending better in Calgary. And I think the path is slightly easier. There's no easy path to the cup, but I just still look at the Leafs and like, they, they could have another great regular season they've, and they've had a number of them, but they still probably play like Tampa or Boston in round one. And I'm not saying they can't beat those teams, but it's just, it's, it's a tough thing to imagine. I think it's a tougher path. But I'm not as down. I would say I'm not as down on the Leafs as some people. Like I, I think the one thing we we sometimes overreact to like lots of change because it's it's that's all we have in the summer, right? Like you're like, oh, this team did a lot of things. But sometimes when you do a lot of things, it doesn't work that great. I, I think we have to remember the Leafs' best players are still in their primes. They had a really great season last year, minus the same playoff. You know, game seven loss in playoffs is getting boring for people. But if you look at the series with Tampa, I mean, they easily could have won it. I, I just think I think the Leafs are still going to be really good. But I, I would put Calgary at slightly higher odds to win the cup. And I believe when we did the Sports Interactive segment in the last uh, episode, they had the Leafs higher. So but I, I think Calgary's probably got a slightly better chance. OK, I think we've gone through as many questions as we can get through for Ask CJ which means we're just going to bring back uh, for the last time. Oh. Uh, yeah, we, we got to do it, but uh, we're going to make CJ uh, guess the plot lines of these movies uh, and big shout out to everyone on discord who submitted a movie. I got them to do this a couple of weeks back and uh, a lot of people came up with some pretty good movie titles. So uh, yeah, I, I, do you, are you ready for this? I, I know you, you, you watched a few movies on the plane, but. This should test your knowledge a little bit. The movie's called The House, and it's where a mother and father set up an illegal gambling casino to pay for their daughter to go to Bucknell University. <sighs> okay, well, at least you have that. But unfortunately, The House was not written in as a yeah. uh, topic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about uh, this movie? Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Two podcast hosts decide to pivot their careers and become astronauts and they go into space what the hell is <laughs> oh man no after uh, uncover after uncovering a mysterious artifact buried beneath the lunar surface a spacecraft is sent to jupiter to find its origins a spacecraft manned by the two men and the supercomputer hal 9000 you don't have to give me the specific definition like what IMDb will give me, you just have to give me something sort of close. I I thought that was going to be about our our season two. Yeah. You and I become astronauts and chart a, chart a course for the moon. I I don't think I could get that high enough, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, this other movie, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I kind of remember that movie. Am I trying to guess the real definition? It's about a guy who's released from jail, I think. Well, was he was he put in jail for a crime he didn't commit and he gets out? He he I, I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody. Well, uh, okay, that thing came out like 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, it, you're not gonna see it. <laughs> it does, it does happen at the end, but yes, the prison is involved. There is at least one man, there's another man. Gets a, it's about two imprisoned men bond over a number of years, finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. There's a little bit more to it than just a guy getting into jail than getting out of jail. But I'll okay. give you that one. But I was at least in the ballpark for that's the yeah. first one ever. We've done this segment twice now. <laughs> that's the first one where I like kind of knew what it was about, sort of. Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to give you that's that. That's a one. CJ victory. I don't care how you score that at home. That's that's a small victory for me. All right, how about this one? A quiet place. It's a story about a library and a lot of crazy things happen in this library, but the librarian is constantly trying to keep the room quiet about what's going on. And there's a real tension that hovers over this movie and you don't want to see what happens at the end in this library. <laughs> 
Uh, the the IMDb uh, description says, in a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. But they lived in a library. Um, I admittedly have not seen it, so I don't know if they lived in a library, but like they, they I don't think they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how Why do I submit this? to this? My name's on the show. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be having to look like a moron every episode. How about this one? Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, love and Thunder. Maybe it's about a couple that met in a rainstorm. Um, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Thor, I, I don't know if you, the, the name Thor is at the beginning of that title. Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, I, I thought don't you know said that, Thor. No, Thor. Like, 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 like the, like, the, uh, the, the Nordic Nordic God or whatever? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I still I stick to my answer. <laughs> uh, Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight oh. Gore the God Butcher, who intends to make the gods in- extinct. Oh, I missed that one a little bit. I think you did. <laughs> hey, I got Shawshank Redemption, so I'm good. Okay, what about uh, The Prestige? I'll give you this one and then two other ones. Oh, man. I'm exhausted. I can't even, like... The Prestige. It's about an award-winning scientist. Oof. I think if you had said a magician, you might have been a bit closer. Oh. Uh, after a tragic accident, two stage magicians in the 1890s London uh, engage in a battle to create the ultimate illusion while sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other. By the way, I didn't mean to do this, but back-to-back Christian Bale movies. Wow. I like literally have never heard of these movies. I'm so bad. You've never, never like like Marvel, okay. the Avengers stuff. Like surely, like some of them. I've never, I've never seen one of those movies. Really? Never. Not even like Iron Man. Mm-mm. Okay. What about um, Carrie? Carrie. It's about a town in North Carolina that. <laughs> has to deal with an outbreak of monkeypox. <laughs> Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered by her domineering religious mother, unleashes her telekinetic kinetic. Wow, I, I can't read anymore. Telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. That's like the famous movie where the girl gets humiliated at her prom. She has like, what, pig's blood smeared all over her? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen that? <laughs> I, thought I, nailed, I thought I nailed that one. Telekinetic powers. I was I saw telekinetic and I thought of telekinesis and I, my brain just whatever spats. For, well, not sorry. I shouldn't say that word, uh, but it just froze for a moment. Um, I'll give you one last one that I know for sure you are not going to get, but I'm still going to give it to you anyway. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's about an upstart podcast that decides to launch a podcast network. And which use friends, podcast as a description again. And which friends from across the continent band together to make quality content for the audiences. They're everywhere. They're all at once. They're putting out shows like crazy. They had a great first season and they're going to have a killer second season. Okay. I don't know if it's nearly as interesting as uh, this version of everything everywhere all at once where an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. This segment at this point, you ever watch like on on Inside the NBA uh, when Charles Barkley has to uh, guess these players and which teams they play for? This segment is like bordering on that right now. Yes, I'm so bad. <laughs> the most important thing is that it was entertaining. It wasn't like bad and like oh, we were just like talking. It was boring. It was at least entertaining. You did, you gave us that, and Friend, you got Shawshank Redemption. My apologies, Discord. I honestly, if, if I knew any of those things, I would have nailed them. But I don't. I just didn't know what they were about. So, as far as I'm concerned, CJ, you have nothing to apologize for uh, with regards to that segment uh, and with regards to this season, which uh, now comes to. 
its end. 91 episodes in season one of uh, the Chris Johnston show. We have reached its end. Uh, we'll be back for season two at some point in September. Uh, but any final thoughts before we uh, we go back to enjoying the rest of our summers in anticipation for training camp and the next season and all that? No huge final thoughts, but honestly, thank you to everyone who listens and watches and engages, submits Ask CJ questions, keeps the Discord alive. Um, we wouldn't be able to do it without you, quite literally. We probably wouldn't bother if nobody was out there consuming this. And so I know you can be doing lots of things with your time. Thank you for giving us some of your time. I hope we don't waste it. I hope we entertain you, uh, inform you occasionally. And uh, I look forward to, to being back at some point next season to to do it all over again because that was that was more fun than I could have ever guessed honestly I had so much fun making this show uh, with Julian producer Nick uh, it's uh, it yeah I just feel really lucky so thank you for for everyone to give us your time yeah man that's a really great way to end it thank you to everyone who's listened to the show uh, we'll be back again next month thank you producer Nick for producing the show thank you to producer producer Jesse uh, who started off as our producer. He's now got on to bigger and better things like his own show, you know, the Jesse Blake sports report and all that. And uh, thank you to Steve and Adam and everyone else from the SDPN. Uh, shout out to the discord. Shout out to everyone on Twitter. Shout out to everyone who listens to the CJ show and every other show on the SDPN network as well. We will be back with more content with seat for CJ. I'm Julian. So long. And peace. Enjoy your summers, everybody. The Chris Johnston show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.